0: Just go to indeed.com/slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: What is going on, Roto Runners? Welcome to week five, the NFL Pick Six Show. I'm your host, Dean. That's Dean. if you want to get all technical, that is the Daily Fantasy handle around the industry. How this goes down, the NFL Pick 6 show, how does this show work? We pick three games, three games we focus on, we break it down every single possible angle. we tell you everything we like in that game, the three games that are really popping as far as this week on the main slate. The main slate, unfortunately, unfortunately, we're being deprived of the Rams and the Seahawks. Unfortunately, we're being deprived of Buffalo, Kansas City. They'll be phenomenal showdown slates. No Indy Baltimore Sunday, that's Monday night, and no this is, kind of, this is probably a nice thing. We don't have to deal with Kyle Pitts in the main slate. No Jets, no Falcons. Uh, that's that's England's problem. That's London's problem. After we talk about the three games, the three main games in the slate, then we run it back, talk about our favorite players at each position. Do you want to say what up to chat? What up, chat? Do you like, do you subscribe, turn on notifications? Most people watch this show on a replay, but there are some. I got my eye in the chat there. And if you happen to mention some of the players, if like we're talking about quarterbacks, say, what about this guy? I'll do my best to shout out and see but two of the absolute best experts in the business, their opinions as far as week five DFS, Rich Rebar of Sharp Football Analysis. Rich, uh, how are things in your world?
2: I'm doing real good. You know, hey, uh, five weeks in, we flipped the calendar to October. Uh, Bi-weeks will start next week. Uh, I I will say though, yeah, it's going to be a long Sunday because we've got that game of the week, you know, Bill's Chiefs on Sunday night, but then we're starting real early in the morning. I know it's just Jets-Falcons, but, you know, we'll be there watching it. So it's going to be a marathon on Sunday. Are we going to be there watching it? I am. I mean, it, it, oh, you don't, have, you don't have a TV that doesn't have red zone. So, I mean. <laughs> That's got to be on like NFL Network or something like that or Amazon, right?
1: It's I kind know. of a fun game.
3: We saw Zach Wilson when he stays <laughs> upright, complete four or five passes, 20 yards deep. Also, Ryan has dot chained 12 and a half air yards per attempt. That makes it somewhat fun. Also, like they rigged those London games to give the crowd a fan <laughs> pleaser. So now imagine two years removed, they got to pump this thing up. So uh, I would expect the fewest DPIs we've ever seen in our lifetime. I do like the uh, the
1: conspiracy theory that they, they do the best. <laughs> I mean, look, if we're really trying to market the game, though, what are we doing to
3: give them Jets Falcons? That's the best. Well, we like can we do give it. them the
2: Jaguars. Like the Jaguars are their home team, right? Like, so they don't have a Jaguars game.
3: <laughs> there, there's no guarantee Urban would make that flight to London. They had to change it to the Jets
2: or back. He might not make it back. They're just going to leave. Do the Jaguars there. have a London game this year? I assume they do.
1: I'm guessing much. they do. But I, I have, they seem to have one every <laughs> single season, I suppose, right? And their owner has ties. Doesn't he have like a football team over he's there? At a,
2: yeah, he's got a, a club.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. So, oh, that was John Daigle. You guys know John Daigle from NBC Sports, uh, a good football podcast, a good football show podcast. Catch that on the uh, iTunes, I presume, anywhere you can find podcasts. Yes.
3: It is good, hopefully. And yes, iTunes and Spotify. Uh, off a week that I got slapped upside the head. And I actually like struggled initially to sleep Sunday night. Cause I thought even in having Tyreek Hill and fading Derrick Henry with confidence on FanDuel, I was like, how could I still have been so wrong around that? But then the next day I saw the results just to see naked Kirk Cousins take down the juke, the $1,500 entry on DK. To see in these three-man bigger tournaments, naked Sam Darnold with Dalton Schultz and Zeke runbacks. And then also the Millie winner didn't have Tyreek Hill in his lineup. And then I remember DFS stupid and uh, everything actually (laughs) wasn't right. I had the right process. I was just wrong in the results.
1: (laughs) That is is amazing. I didn't realize that. It was a wild week. Yeah, Cordell Patterson week happened again, and he was somehow like pretty chalky on Fandle, and I just missed that. I, I did not get the memo. I didn't realize people were going to be playing him a ton. and
2: He wasn't even cheap either. Like, he was like 6K or something. Like
3: Od- it- Odell Beckham got steamed throughout the week too. He ended up being 40% in the high stakes. I'm still mad at Baker Mayfield for that terrible, terrible
1: oh. throw. I don't want to talk about it. I, yeah. you, you live in Cleveland, right, Rebar? Like, seriously, I, I said this on Twitter the other day, and I went a little, went a little rant about it, but it's like, how does he's got the best agent in the world, right? He's got like commercials all around uh, America, not just Cleveland locally everywhere. He's like a bottom 10 quarterback in the league. How does, how good is his agent? Is my question as far, as far as a bigger.
3: Yeah.
2: I mean, it was rough, man, watching him leave all those throws on that on the on the field there. I mean, Odell Beckham could have had a monster game. I'm gonna tell myself the process was right. It definitely was not. But I'm gonna tell myself it was correct uh, <laughs> based on uh, all the hollow. Uh, they they weren't even prairie yards. Usually, like the typical prairie yards are there. It was just all just. It was I don't know, man. It was like it was you know, a Drew Lockian type performance. It was just insane. <laughs> no, that is
1: not a compliment to a one Drew Lock. Yeah, so the three main games are going to be focusing on batting first, leading off, and, you know, the best, that's what's left over. No uh, no KC, no Buffalo. That's going to be so much fun for showdown for sure. But we're talking main slate, main slate only. The first game this week we're talking about here, I'll let you open it up here, Daigle. Philadelphia, Carolina, Carolina four-point favorite. 44, 44 and a half as far as the total. Carolina's defense was really good for the first three games, and, you know, they faced a real good offense in Dallas, and Dallas beat them up. There is a chance we get CMC this week, and if we get CMC this week, he's 8.7K on DK, which, like, you know, you get him less than five figures on on DK, all his catches, assuming he's, like, a full go. You got to love CMC this week. Uh, What are your thoughts as far as this game?
3: Yeah, so we'll go ahead and start with the Panther side then. And remember, this is the same coaching staff that, after CMC missed six games last year they didn't care at all they brought him back in arrowhead and jammed him 11 targets um over uh, over 20 touches and then he got re-injured in the fourth quarter because of course they didn't care uh but nonetheless sam donald's in in my opinion another good spot just because we saw the eagles crater the falcons pocket for a top 10 pressure rate in week one but since that time they finished bottom six and pressure rate and every game since then eagles will also have run a majority zone coverage this year and cover two and cover three is what sam is eaten alive for 75% completion rate and eight and a half yards per attempt. The numbers are a little bit skewed because the Panthers are still getting an elite pass rush, the league's highest pressure rate, even though they failed to reach Dak Prescott, just so the Cowboys are too efficient in their play calling. And we'll talk about that a bit later, but even so we have seen. And I'm sure Rich is going to talk about, you know, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles side here. But we've seen that the Eagles have no issues in responding on offense, even in garbage time getting there. And so I think we'll get some pushback. And so it's another good spot for the Panthers offense to be in a uh, favorable situation throughout the game. So I've been here, Rich, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I like Darnold again. The thing about Darnold
2: you just have to worry about, like he's living so fat on these rushing touchdowns, which are just insane. Uh, I mean, only Lamar Jackson has a higher percentage of his points that come from rushing than Sam Darnold, and it's just all – touchdowns i mean literally the most rushing touchdowns uh for a quarterback through four games of a season since Never. what 1962 uh <laughs> when it was even football then it was just i didn't even they threw four passes uh the quarterback was just the best player in the field and just ran with the ball i don't know what happened back then Better, uh, <laughs> better times then because there was no red zone <laughs> uh but uh yeah i mean i i mean that's what you're just worried about uh the eagles definitely are a team that you know definitely especially since brandon graham not too they've been really soft against the ron the past two weeks so i mean there's definitely opportunity there um obviously we'd like for it to be kind of McCaffrey back to take full advantage because so you saw when Chuba Hubbard played last week, he just didn't run any pass routes. I mean, they had Rodney Smith running all the pass routes, which was kind of kind of pulled the wool on us a little bit. It wasn't even Royce Freeman. It was Rodney Smith was the guy running all the pass routes. Uh, so we didn't get there with Hubbard. Obviously, Darnold kept the uh, the RPL, uh, which he should have kept it, and it was the perfect play call. Uh, so we got a call in the bag there. But, I mean, DJ Moore just c- continues to romp, uh, so we can keep riding that. I mean, he's not really – uh, a guy we have to worry about seeing any man coverage this game. Uh, he's just gonna eat it up through the zone. We almost got there, the flop lag with Robbie Anderson, but Sam Darnold also he kind of had the same performance, like it was like Baker throwing to Odell with Robbie A. I mean, <laughs> none of his targets were catchable. He had a a, a a for sure touchdown that Darnold just completely like sailed on him. Uh, but really, we don't have to play any of these other guys because there really is no one else. I mean, Terrace Marshall is not doing anything. Uh, he's out there exercising a little bit. Uh, So, I mean, it's really just been DJ Moore just getting jammed with targets and uh, we can just sit on him.
1: Yeah, Marshall just on happening, uh, you know, what, he had three targets last week, two total yards, like you said. That's
3: that's three targets and one catch in a game. They trailed by two scores in the second half. That's like the worst outcome.
1: Yeah, I I had a little bit of him on some good lineups too. We kind of ruined him because I thought like he was a cheap way to get exposure to that game. Mm -hmm. Um, What about the Philadelphia side? Let's kind of jump over there. Uh, are we seeing a change in the guard at running back? Is, is it going to be Hubbard's world? And uh, not Hubbard. Sanders is uh, kind of stepping aside for Gainwell, the rookie. Uh, and, of course, the quarterback. I, I love Hurts because, you know, the quarterbacks with legs give you that floor. Uh, was it Levitan that tweeted it out? Like every single start he's had at least 21 DK points. Even garbage, you know, he, he, and he's out there. He's a garbage time hero. If they're losing by 30, he's still chucking. I appreciate that. My teams appreciate that. And I'm not – Well, do you have any reads here, Rebar, as far as uh, this Carolina defense? Are they good? Are they not good? Like, the sample's kind of weird. Soft teams at first. Dallas beat them up. I mean, are they kind of fraud somewhere in the middle?
2: Uh, No, I still think they're going to be an overall, you know, good defense. But teams like the Cowboys are going to be good against all defenses. Uh, but I do think that they are definitely, you know, a, a very talented defense, and you know they were a game for you know two quarters of that of that game. But uh, the th- the thing is, they're a little bit light on the defensive front, and the Cowboys, you know, took that to advantage, you know, in the power run game, uh, and were able to beat them up on the inside. But I definitely think that they're going to be a problem here. Uh, for this Eagles offensive line that is just going through it again. Like last year, I mean, last year they played 14 different offensive line combinations. It was the most in the NFL. They've already lost both of their guards, presumably for the season. Uh, They've got uh, Lane Johnson did not practice again today. I believe their left tackle, uh, Malatai's out. I mean, it's just, it's the, again, they just don't, the, the offensive line is just banged up again, uh, and that's why we've seen them skew pass heavy, because they really can't run the football very very effectively, so they've really skewed pass heavy uh, out, even outside of game script, like their their pass rate over expectation is, is among the league's highest now, uh, so that's why they've been airing it out a little bit, and uh, you know, at the running back thing is is a little interesting, because I don't think it's as clear cut as people are making it out to be. Uh, we like Gainwell's usage uh, in a negative game script, they also are using him in the the reds a little bit but he's still very light in terms of like bankable opportunity i mean he ran he's run a route on just uh 35 percent of team dropbacks even last week like he just ran really hot in terms of targets per route run uh which is fine because they're dialing up plays for him where he's one of the initial reads uh but the usage is still very light i mean it still needs to be a lot higher before we get excited about uh about him and we need to also see him get like any type of traditional kind of carries. Like he's a guy that's getting carries when they're spread out, like he was at Memphis, you know, kind of against light boxes. So it's kind of skewing a little bit of his efficiency too. Um, uh, but Sanders is still playing a lot more than him in terms of, you know, snaps and even routes run. So, uh, I think he's still just a hold, you know, if you're in a season leagues, uh, you know, if someone wants to get aggressive, maybe you use him as one of those bargain up chips, you know, you throw Gainwell and a little spice of something and you end up getting a player you really want or someone that's coming up. Uh, so I don't really, I'm not ready to call it a changing of the guard. You're encouraged what you saw so far. Uh, but I also think this team really can't run well. And, you know, I think it's gonna be a lot of, of volatility in terms of predicting when you're going to get the kind of Gainwell game or not.
3: And it's like you said, just the fact that they aren't running because they can't run, just 13 running back carries the past two weeks uh, skews it all for everyone except for Hertz. 39 and 48 pass attempts on top of his eight and a half carries per game in that time. And like Levitan's tweet you mentioned, Dean, uh, Hertz has finished as a top 12 quarterback and seven full starts dating back to last year. So he just seems to be safe when he's out there, no matter the game script. And yeah, it's,
2: it's all scrambles, too. Like, it's crazy mm-hmm. that, like, they, they've been so bad running the football and they're off the line, they're struggling, but they're not using, like, any RPO or design runs with Jalen Hurts. I mean, almost all of his carries are actual just, just scrambles. I mean, he leads the NFL of 19 scrambles, uh, but he's, you know, just, just barely in the top 10 in designed rushing attempts, which seems pretty wild given their circumstances.
1: The uh the Wayne Johnson thing that was kind of a surprise, and wasn't that a, that was a personal issue, not an actual injury, I believe. Is that correct? Do you guys know?
2: Uh, I'm not I'm not percent sure. I thought he had an actual injury before, and then I thought he I had a back today, injury, I could and, be wrong. Yeah, and then today I thought was maybe more personal. Um, because they're gonna get blitzed a lot this game. I mean, no one blitzes more than the Panthers. Uh, what's cool though is you don't mind when you blitz a quarterback like Jalen Hurts a lot, and he's seen yeah. the blitz a lot. That's why you see him have so many scrambles, is because when you blitz a lot you're typically playing either man coverage or the the Panthers do do a lot of zone blitzing. Like I said, out of that three, three, five looks, Uh, but you blitz a guy like Jill Hurts, you know, you, you, you leave the gate open. You can get some, some nice runs, you know, uh, if you don't get home uh, or you get past like that initial wave, he's not taking really any sacks at all, which is wild.
1: Yeah. I know you mentioned before about uh, Kyler Murray, the same kind of deal. Like when you blitz him, he makes you pay for it and it opens up potential for big plays if the secondary can't hold an extra second or two, if he scrambles away, uh, the favorite uh, player to pair with Hertz, you can always play Hertz naked. I think you can. Play, he's one of those guys who can play naked. But if you're going to pair him with somebody, Daigle, who, who's, who's your preference?
3: Oh, it's definitely Devonta Smith, who has at least six targets in every game, a 20% target share in three of his four starts, including last week's team high and with double digit targets like Dallas Goddard, oddly enough, is probably the next closest. He's the tight end eight in PPR right now, but also like he's getting there strictly on efficiency because him and Zachards are still basically mirroring one another in routes and targets it really just comes down to who's going to luck box and to the end zone to see who is scores more between them so I think Devonte Smith and then you know if you want to get really really cute if you're playing some low stakes recreational leagues uh you take a chance on the the, the air yards that Kez Watkins is getting better than that that's probably it's really thin actually for you know a team that has passed nearly 80 times or over 80 times the last two games
1: we saw a guy like Cooper Cup, got a huge uh, price hike. I'm looking around. Same kind of deal with DJ Moore, fully justified. 7.9K now on Fandle. Uh, on oh, they, they finally changed their
3: mind, huh? Because last year they
1: didn't want to move his price at all. <laughs> so, like, is, is he priced out? Of course, you can always play him in tournaments. I don't know if he's quote-unquote optimal anymore. But are you still comfortable paying 79 nine for more on Fandle?
3: Me or oh. Rich? Oh, I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> anybody that's for the field <laughs> uh, I mean he is a the type of player that's getting that just to have um over a 30 percent target share in the past two games uh double digit targets in three or four performances uh he's he's been leading this team in targets like even before Christian McCaffrey and Dan Arnold went elsewhere so yeah I, I think I'm comfortable with it I haven't done build just yet with DJ Moore but it's not a player I'm shying away from certainly
1: he is the third most expensive receiver on the board. Again, this is main slate only. Devontae Adams, three hundred dollars in front. This is FanDuel specific for what it's worth. Justin Jefferson in between those uh, Adams, and then DJ Moore at seven nine. But again, it's it's fully justified. He's been great, and a lot of good players are off the main slate too. There's no Kansas City. There's no Buffalo. So, and you got to spend your fun somewhere. You don't have to, but you yeah, don't no get No Tyreek.
2: Extra. Yeah, no Tyreek. No uh, Diggs. No Kelsey. It no was Cup, great last week. No Cooper Cup. No DK Metcalf
3: uh yeah those are always the most fun slates because they're the wildest like you could justify paying down whenever uh travis kelsey and the goat dawson knox are not on the slate
1: oh man i did not have knox last week uh, darren waller is probably gonna be pretty popular because he's the next man up as far as your, your spend up on Fandle. and Fandle doesn't make it that hard to spend up on your tight ends as far as how the salary works any anything else in this uh, game rebar or shall we move on to game number two no i think that's about it I uh, just want to say hello to chat. What up chat? Megan in chat said this, this guy's voice is hard to listen to.
3: Who do you think? Which one of the three who's got the hardest voice? Oh, it's to. mine.
2: It's definitely mine.
3: Uh, I it? mean, she may not like cartoon accents, so it may be me. Who knows? I, I don't think it's, I, I don't
1: think it's me. I don't know. I, mean, I think it's me. It doesn't matter. What's up, Megan? Thanks for joining us. jerk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Uh, Giants versus Dallas. 52 is a total. Dallas is a seven point favorite and, like, because of all those uh, get you know games, all those teams off the main slate here, Rebar, uh, I think the Dallas is the de facto chalk. They're going to be super popular. Big total. There's, you know, I think oh, it's yeah. the biggest total on the board at 52. Uh, Saquon was phenomenal last week. Uh, he used a little overtime and like a, well, a wheel route for like 50 or 60 or 70 yards, whatever it was to kind of get there. But he got there in a tough matchup against New Orleans. And like, he's a Belcal again. That's legit. Whatever sort of issues people had during draft season a month ago or so, those are gone for sure. Uh, but talking about the Cowboys first and like, they're going to be super chalky and how much do you have to have of them?
2: Yeah. I mean, they're interesting because they've kind of been a, a team like kind of Dagle hinted at they're calling a little bit of their games based on opponent uh, kind of frustrating because they've been, uh, you know, very hyper-efficient and it's almost like very couple years ago, like hockey. and uh, Dak has thrown for 237, 238, 188 yards the past three games, but he's made up for it. He's got a, 15% touchdown rate the past two weeks. Like that's not something we don't want to live this way with Dak Prescott. Uh, we're we're going to need some more. Uh, I will say though, they could open up here because you know, 68% of the yardage allowed by the giants has come via passing. That's only 16th in the NFL, but the past three teams Dallas has played have, have all been bottom five in that category. So we might get a little bit more of a mix here. Uh, will the game script follow or to need the giants to do their part. Uh, you know, they're, 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 they're capable. Uh, the, from what we've seen from the first month, they're also not capable too. We don't know what we're going to get, uh, but we do like to see a little more volume for decks. We're not going to be able to live on this 15% touchdown rate, you know, for a lot longer. I mean, i I hate to be the sustainability guy, but it's just, it's just not going to happen. Uh, and, and also, you know, we're going to see some uh, some oscillation here. I think with the types of targets that we get, I know, Dago will want to talk about Dalton Schultz, but I mean, you know, Dalton Schultz is luck boxing into a lot of things here. Um, you you have to believe that he's going to basically double both CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper's targets uh, the rest of the way out, which I just don't think is something we're going to see happen. I mean, uh, it, you know, you talk about CeeDee Lamb just 12% and 22% target shares last two weeks, Amari Cooper 16% and 13%. We're not going to see this over the big picture. There's just no way. Now this offense definitely, if they add volume, could be good enough to sustain all these guys. We've seen it happen. Uh, but they're going to get Michael Gallup back too. So I do think that Schultz is a pretty clear sell high. Uh, it, you know, especially at the tight end position where people are grasping at stuff. Uh, same thing with like Mooney last week. Like Mooney's not going to double Allen Robinson in targets the rest of the season. Uh, so we need to, we don't need to go overboard in some of these situations. We have to look at the full context of who's not getting targeted too. And the Cowboys have two very superior players in the game of football right now than their tight ends that aren't getting the football the past couple weeks. And uh, I don't think that that will be something that is very uh, long-lived.
1: Take all your thoughts as far as uh, Dallas. Is it better suited for the rushers, better suited for the passers? I suppose game script is going to factor in as well. And hey, if, do you want to go back to Dalton Schultz? you want to? Do you want to say, hey, you know what? That touchdown regression, it's not coming. He's going to get the touchdown t- t- every single time he he gets a target it's probably not going to happen but
3: well and redraft it's just easier because the position is the seventh circle of hell like it just doesn't matter if someone's <laughs> running routes you put him out there uh i will say like will maybe, he be the highest on tight end on this slate oh i don't know i think everyone's gonna hit the george kittle at some point okay so on Fanduel now with lance I re- I, they want
2: i don't think they'll get to him with lance but we'll okay. talk about we're talking about that game aren't we
3: no we, no, we decided Green Bay, uh, Cincinnati oh, okay. instead. Listen, okay. I like to appease all everyone tuning in. Maybe there's some <laughs> Packers fans. We don't talk about the Packers much. I just wanted to change it up a little bit. Fair enough. But the, the positional plays, though, will definitely lead off with San Francisco and Arizona. Anyways, Dean, I'm sorry. What was that? I would just
1: say, for what it's worth, currently, we record this on Wednesday night, news will for sure change. But currently right now, the most highly owned and optimal uh, tight end on DK is Evan Ingram because he's cheap oh, in the get salary out of here. They oh, you guys start. did
2: this last week.
1: It's a wh- he, he was owned and he wasn't great. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I like but that's I'm That's the saying. story of
2: his career. Yeah. And <laughs> and rostered, <laughs> not great. <laughs>
1: yeah, there you go. Uh, I went, uh, uh, on so Fandle, it's, it's Waller because you have salary.
2: Schultz not- is 4-4 four, four on DK and what is he any 6-2 on Fandle? So I guess yeah, he's right in that strike zone where you have to pay for a fan. on DK. He's four, He's going to be super chalky on DK. I don't. I mean, like, things can happen, but on on Wednesday night at four four, uh, considering you know the how bad the Giants have been in the tight ends and this little heater he's been on, and I I can't see any way he does end up being really popular.
1: But you're saying it's kind of fluky, like the was I mean, it way. is
2: based on his usage. I mean, it it is. I mean, the long term bet it a long term bet on Schultz is betting against. Lamb and Cooper.
3: And it's the three touchdowns that have happened without Michael Gallup, of course. Uh, Even since week two without Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb actually has as many targets as Schultz. You just wouldn't know that since CeeDee Lamb the past two weeks has been the wide receiver 55 and wide receiver 80 in fantasy points. And so if you're betting on, if we're like, we're trying to get ahead of a player, like CeeDee Lamb, of course, is the one to try to get ahead on. Whereas Dalton Schultz is getting some, you know, some good usage like this past week was the first time he finally separated from Blake Jarwin Mm -hmm. who still had an 18 yard touchdown himself, but Schultz still ran 23 routes to Jarwin's 10, a little bit of separation considering they were mirroring one another and routes and targets before then, but overall still like, Cd Lamb is a potential like first round pick in fantasy next year, whereas Dalton Schultz will never be that. So like we want to bank on the most t- one of the most talented players in the NFL correcting himself, especially if we guess the game script right for the Cowboys, since that's been an impossible feat so far. Well, this
2: game is cool because you can stack it both ways, right? Like you can do you can do Dak and the Dallas receivers. Whether you pick your flavor, you know you can do Lamb and Schultz. If you want to do uh, a double stack, you can do that, and you can play Saquon. Or you can do the inverse; you can play Giants pass catchers and, and Zeke. Okay, what giant
1: pass catcher? <laughs> okay, go ahead. Do you do you want to play Kadarius Tony, the rookie? Like, is
3: I saw his I played him last check. week. It is didn't she- work
2: out, but I thought cool. I thought I was cool because I played him last week. And, yeah, uh, it, it didn't really work he, out. But he, he only had two
3: fewer air yards than John Ross. Like you wouldn't have guessed it at the time since Ross was just running deep. But it was actually a good play. The question is, is Sterling Shepard gonna play? Because 31 of Tony's 50 snaps came from the slot, yeah. and that's where Shepard was hawking before then. Remember, Shepard led this team in targets with over a 22% target share at every full game he played in weeks one and two. So that's my big concern for Gridarius Tony. But if Shepard's out, like on DK, that floor and potential catch-up ceiling, like it's definitely there in a game that we expect to shoot now
1: he's 4k which is a pretty appealing price worth noting the dk prices for the cowboy receivers cooper and lamb is much more appealing than the fandle prices for the cowboy receivers mm-hmm. 6-1 for cooper 6-2 for lamb that's on dk and on Fanduel. 7-1 for cooper 7-6-9 uh, for lamb you know they're fine doesn't mean you can't play him and also again i ran these optimals before the show and again remember it's wednesday night so much stuff will for sure change but it's just kind of worth noting at this point your optimal quarterback on DK this week is a 94% chance it's either Dak Prescott or Daniel Jones.
3: Some quarterback in this game. Basically they're, I mean, they're both awesome plays. Even Daniel Jones is currently sit the QB six in fantasy points per game, has the third most carries among all quarterbacks. And it's another great spot, left we talked about for the Panthers offense last week, because Dallas is still allowed the third most yards for play and second most raw passing yards on the year. Now it's going to come down as a Daniel Jones superhuman like last week, or does he become pumpkin Daniel Jones from last year? Uh, it's still something that, I'm still scared to buy into but so far like you know the Giants have led the league in no huddle rate like they are a creative not creative they're an interesting offense let's say that I was looking at
1: Derek Carr, the blitz if you look at his game uh, game level factors uh, as far as game plays current projected game plays we're expecting 128.8 plays in this game which is the second most projected for the week Tampa Bay Miami a little bit more for what it's worth so yeah, expecting a lot of plays, that, that is important as far as the tempo. And just to get an idea, like the floor is uh, Baltimore, Indiana, 115, Green Bay, Cincinnati, 117. So, you know, the difference of, you know, 15 plays, 14 plays, that can make it the world of difference. Uh, Rebar, talk to me about Saquon Barkley, because is he going to be kind of sort of somewhat lost in this slate? I don't know. He's been, like, he was great against the Orleans, of course, using overtime that, you know, pat stats a little bit to some degree, uh, wasn't really owned at all. Uh, you know, people are going to play Henry over him. Almost definitely. I'd imagine playing against Jacksonville. We'll talk about that soon enough, I'm sure. What's your thoughts as far as Saquon? Yeah,
2: I mean, you got to feel good uh, about how he's looked. He's got his snaps have gone up uh, every game. And then we've, started, we've seen him using the passing game his two full games. And he had uh, six targets last week, seven targets the week before. Uh, could be a byproduct of injury, but they're using him incredibly. Listen, we're, we don't do this very often. Jason Garrett called a great game last week. Oh. He had a great game plan. Mm-hmm. He had a great game plan. He effectively used Kadarius Tony. They stretched the field. He got Saquon out in space against a good run defense that's very good in the interior. The offense, listen, the offensive line is playing good too. Now it's not just Daniel Jones who only has two turnovers and one's on a hail mary this year. Andrew Thomas is playing well again, or like, well, not again for the first time. Uh, there's <laughs> a there are some things going right here for the Giants, or as bad as their record has been, and you know if they don't punt punt away that game, uh, you know, to the Falcons, and, you know, maybe they're 2-2 and and it stands out a little bit more. But Jason Garrett for one week, we got to give Jason Garrett a little bit of credit, man. And this week it's (laughs) a
1: Jason Garrett revenge game?
2: I mean, maybe. I guess we can call it that. Uh, no, no. <laughs> but I mean, listen, Daniel Jones ran really hot last week though, too, even outside of the game plan. Uh, obviously 10 yards for pass attempt through for a career high four yards. His pass completion over expectation was 10.3%. It was the second highest in the NFL last week. His expected completion rate was ahead of just four quarterbacks. So, I mean, he definitely ran hot. We usually don't, like, we haven't seen this kind of version of Daniel Jones, right? Like where he runs hot like this. Usually it's typically him like running in like an RPO or doing something weird to get there. I mean, it was a legitimate... Like Daniel Jones passing heater last week, and we've not had many of those, you know, through two and a quarter seasons. Um, and then you're still getting a sprinkling of rushing yards. So he's run for 27 or more yards in all four games, so that's still kind of in the back pocket to give you kind of that, you know, upside to maybe have an extra passing touchdown. Uh, I still, I mean, this Dallas team is—they're still they're giving up chunks of yards. They're just getting a bunch of turnovers. Lead the NFL in turnovers. Uh, They did it again last week, but they are giving up a bunch of yards. And even for as good as Trayvon Diggs has been in the turnovers, I mean, he still has allowed the fifth most yards in coverage this year, and he's giving up big plays when he does give up plays, 18.2 yards per catch in his coverage, uh, but he's making big plays to kind of counter off that. So it's been a little bit of give and take, and you'll take that, obviously, if you're the Cowboys, you'll let give up all the 18-yard catches you want to have a dude have five turnovers in four games. Uh, But there is some upside, so it's not like he's going to erase someone either, though.
3: Barkley also ran the uh, fourth most routes among all running backs last week, and the Cowboys have encouragingly allowed the most receptions to running backs on the year. So you have to see where ownership comes in, but definitely, you know, a spot to play him if he comes in under roster compared to Daniel Jones.
1: He seems like an awesome run back for sure. The, uh, the release of Jalen Smith, does that matter? Does that mean anything as far as, is there anything to uh, react he, to that? Or just... He
3: played a season low in snaps last week. Like they, they should have got out of the contract before June one, but uh, they decided to do it right now all right you got anything else here or shall we move on here diggle that's about... don't play evan ingram <laughs> that's about it i mean he's
1: just we live in the world of a salary cap and he's kind of sort of somewhat cheap and we talked know, about gets... this
2: though last week and the tight ends how they're priced on dk like you just don't have to do it uh, yeah i mean
1: i, I and i'm pretty sure i said i don't want to do it and I'm, i ended up playing some and i split them with uh who did i play the cheapy on seattle who, who was worse i believe oh disley yeah, Disley was not was not good. I'm not sure if we well, that's Thursday night. So we don't have to worry about him. That's why I was thinking about Disley. I'm like, yeah, we not in the main slate. Forget about that. Who cares? We'll talk about that. Uh so Saturday night. No, Saturday night. Thursday night as far as the showdown. Well slate. just don't play Everton Ingram. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the week, man. This is due. Uh Green Bay at Cincinnati. 51 is the total. Cincinnati's getting three. Wednesday night. Are we certain? Do we know Mixon's out? We're assuming
3: Mixon's out, right? I'd bet on it. I would bet on it too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, then I saw the internet doctors were projecting him to be off at least another week or two or something like that uh, for what it's worth. (laughs) I just, it seems like he's not going to play. DK didn't take note of this because they put some Piran at 4k, the stone minimum. You know, they raised the floor from 3k uh, for for their running backs not too long ago. Uh, He is pricier on FanDuel. I'm trying to pull up his FanDuel price right now. I think it's like 5.5 or so, which is still fine uh how much do we need Samaj Piron on dk i guess it kind of matters how the rest of the week opens up as far as value but right now he feels like a good value play uh rebar do you think he gets a, the large majority of those carries how much does chris evans eat in on that or is piran just going to be the workhorse
2: yeah i think we'll see chris evans working long down and distance uh probably i think it's a good bet that he will i will say on FanDuel, he's only 200 cheaper than damian williams so i don't think we'll see Uh, I think a lot more people want to go to Damian Williams, who we'll probably talk about at some point in the the near future on this program. Uh, so I don't think that, uh, he'll give a lot more, like a lot of people are going to be just drawn to him. And last week, even with Mixon, the Bengals were finally a little more aggressive on early downs for the first time, uh, this season, you know, after kind of being a little bit more slower paced. I mean, the one concern about this game is that Both these teams do not like to operate with any urgency. Uh, So we could see that. I mean, the Packers have been notorious slow for multiple years now since LaFleur has been there. Um, And part of that is due to efficiency, but we've seen even this year with Aaron Rodgers having that expected regression the opening month. They are very, very slow again. They're, what, 23 in offensive plays per game. The Bengals are 31st. Like I said, they did kind of ramp it up a little bit last week. And without Mixon, maybe they're encouraged to do some more of that this week. Now, it looks like they're going to get T. Higgins back to this week. Uh, but Joe Burrow's been hyper efficient. He had that one just weird game that, that against the Bears, so it's an outlier. But outside of that Bears game, he's averaged uh, 9.6 yards per attempt or more in all three games. Uh, he already has uh, four passing touchdowns on deep targets over 15 yards downfield. As a rookie, he had just one. Uh, so he's already eclipsed that. Uh, we're getting some big plays out of this offense. They're not getting to the red zone a lot because they're generating more big plays but Joe Burrow has been hyper-efficient. Uh, I'm looking at him, and I'm looking at this Packers defense that is already 22nd in the NFL the opening month in passing points allowed per game, and they face Jameis Winston, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, not exactly a daunting rogues gallery of quarterbacks uh, that have the kind of acumen that Joe Burrow even has. Joe Burrow by no means like a top like six locked-in guy, but definitely multiple rungs uh, better than those options on a weekly fantasy basis. Um, and then we have injury to Jair Alexander they still may not have Kevin King back and uh one thing the Bengals do have is an abundance of riches at the wide receiver position if you're short on DBs
1: your favorite amongst the bunch is a chase
2: um I think man it's tough it's a little bit of whack-a-mole with these guys because T Higgins is since he came in the league he led all rookies and end zone targets and targets inside the 10 and that was his role immediately the first few games he had an end zone target end zone touchdown uh, the opening two weeks before injury. Now he's coming off injury, so maybe that's a little bit of concern. Um, Chase has been li- living a little bit off those big plays, but I would say like a, for a ceiling, definitely Chase would be kind of the run back uh, for like an upside in, in terms of stacking.
3: Give me your favorites, Eagle, and your thoughts as far as Pirine it's chase and i have to see how tyler boyd and t higgins ownership shakes out since t higgins was limited on wednesday we may get him here and just the way this offense works at least to the first three games since they were the ninth highest team and run play rate and neutral game script except last thursday for the first time they were the second highest pass play rate and neutral game script and so the way it worked for the first three games was we had to sacrifice one of them and chase was living like off touchdowns even though a couple of those games he did lead the team in targets because he's that talented he could score a touchdown and four targets would be just fine, but typically we were giving away one of them because there wasn't enough volume. But suddenly, if there is going to be volume, then it's probably Chase and Higgins for me. If all three of them play, having said that, it presents a very good double stack situation to leverage off of Piran if you want to go that direction. Because maybe they just changed the offensive game script anyhow without Joe Mixon and passed any and just passed more altogether, even though they weren't giving Joe Mixon targets anyways, but maybe they just don't run the ball much. So I do like the, uh, the double stack in this situation to get off of B Ryan Talking about your thoughts as far
1: as the Packers there, uh, I did read, I clicked on one of your articles regarding uh, season-long stuff, and I think you had, and obviously there's context to it, I think you had A.J. Dillon as a drop uh, this week in your season-long, and he had 15 carries, but that was maybe because Jones fumbled the ball, maybe because they were mopping up a little bit. You just don't think Dillon's going to creep in too much as far as Aaron Jones, unless of course we get an injury there. Uh, talk to you about that running back situation. And then, uh, you know, of course, Devontae Adams, who's good at football. Well,
3: I always provide the context because in those waiver wire columns, I'm writing for Literally everyone, whether you're (laughs) in a a four-man bench with eight people in your league or the high-stakes leagues that like we're all in in Vegas, I'm trying to cover all my bases. And I describe in there, uh, Dylan is just a contingency option. He's literally just a backup. He got eight of his 15 carries this past week in the fourth quarter when the team led 27-10. So the usage didn't change at all unless the schedule makers went back and gave the Steelers uh, the Packers every single week. Making it easier to play Dylan every single week since he just rolled the Steelers. But over so that's the way I look at it. But in their previous two games, excluding their disastrous Week One loss to New Orleans, which skewed all their numbers for the year, Aaron Jones out touched Dylan forty-four to fourteen and still has hundred percent of the team's carries inside the ten and five yard line. So Jones is the play we want here if we're assuming a competitive game script. And we've seen that trickle down. Aaron Rodgers eight touchdowns, no picks in his last three games, as well as Green Bay's target tree since that Week One debacle since they've just been jamming Devontae Adams back to vintage Devontae Adams, 12 points targets per game and a 39.4% target share since week two. So it doesn't matter how we get this, but since the Bengals have allowed the fifth most receptions to opposing wideouts, like that's why it makes a sneaky situation to also double stack Rodgers if you want to go that way, or at least skinny stack with perhaps Adams, um, Robert Tonin, or one of the other whack-a-moles with Bengals running back.
1: Randall Cobb, I guess, will be that one of the the moles there on the Green Bay side. And I just pulled it up. I was curious because I know he wasn't getting a ton of a, you know, he wasn't being on the field all that much being in the season. You know, first week, twenty six percent of the snaps at eighteen percent, thirty three um, percent. Rebar forty six percent of the snaps now for Cobb. That's, I mean, that's Rodgers guy. Maybe he likes to just hang out with him off the field. I don't know, but like a, he was making a big deal. Like I want that guy in this team. Uh, he finally fed up for two touchdowns last week. Is this a Schultz situation that was goofy and that was like weird variance? We can't expect that going
2: forward. I mean, he only ran a route on 64% of dropbacks, but interesting that Rogers during the week last week said like he wanted to throw to him more and then did. We also had a situation a couple weeks ago where McFay said he was going to get Deshaun Jackson in the game plan and then did. Now he claims he's going to get Robert Woods targets on Thursday. So we'll see how truthful all these, uh, the, these whispers, the narratives that these guys are floating out there, how true they're coming. But uh Roger did say last week, he was going to throw to him more and he sure did with all the scaling out. Uh Lazar did run a pass route on 95% of the drop back, So he was still out there, you know, getting his cardio in. If you want to go back there and just take a shot, uh you know we've seen him have you know spike weeks before uh he's definitely not a guy i would recommend anything outside of you know single digit you know you know ownership but you know definitely is a guy that he's gonna be on the field um definitely looking at this game too the Bengals don't really rush the passer a lot and that's been the packers initial problem they you know obviously haven't had david bakhtiari still recovering on the pup they lose cory lindsley who was the number one pass blocking center last year and eldon jenkins Uh, has been out the last couple weeks, and it looks like he probably is going to miss this week again. Uh, But the Bengals are 24th in pressure rate, so they haven't really been getting to the quarterback. They nuked the Bears, and they nuked Ben Roethlisberger, but Kirk Cousins completed 75% of his passes and had 22 fantasy points against him. Trevor Lawrence completed 70% of his passes on Thursday, uh, and was he had 8.5 yards per pass attempt in that game. They just, you know, James Robinson had two short touchdowns. Uh, so there wasn't a huge fantasy game for Lawrence. So I mean, this could be one of Rodgers' better outlooks in terms of matchups so far to open the year and not getting some of that pressure uh, where this offensive line has been overmatched by defensive fronts like the, what the 49ers have and what the Pittsburgh Steelers have. Uh, so we could see him kind of, you know, bounce back and have one of these spike weeks uh, to make it worth kind of, you know, using him and Adams and running it back with some of these Bengals wideouts.
1: I feel like Adams will be something that's going to be popular like once again because we keep talking about just it as far as Yeah, yeah, he's he's the guy that's elite, and you're probably gonna have money for it because there's gonna be enough value plays to make stuff work. Um, so yeah, as always, and no you know, Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, no Kelsey, no Mahomes, no Allen, no. Diggs. That's why. Uh,
3: that's why Tanya's pretty interesting. Fresh off season highs and snaps, targets, and routes run 82% of Rogers' dropbacks. So you got a luck box of TD, but again, it's a week you can get cute at tight end.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I forgot the MBS uh, being out, and if he was he was running on the field like, what, 60% of the time or so. So, you know, everybody, Lazar got a little bit of a bump, Cobb, Cobb got a little bit of a bump, as well as Tunyon as well. Uh, St. Brown, not that you're playing St. Brown, but he, got a, he ran a few more, at least on the field. I don't, I don't have routes in front of me, but I assume he ran some routes out there as well. All right, uh, I believe that's it. Anything else, Dagle, or shall we move on position by position?
3: I would just keep in mind that the build is going to be the same. If everyone pays down for P-Run, they're also paying up for Derrick Henry. So just keep that in mind and try to be creative around it. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I mean, you're going to have the money for it because
1: Piran is 4K on DK. And if he puts up 15 points, you know, you can survive that. Obviously, you can make up the difference elsewhere and just, you know, live in the mid tier for sure. All right. uh, Do you want to tell a chat? Yeah, throw out some names out there. If you guys are hanging out with us, uh, like, subscribe, turn on notifications, do our best to get, uh, you know, whatever you guys have thrown out there some quarterbacks, some receivers, some tight ends. As we're on the topic, feel free to throw them out. I'm going to keep my eye over there Uh, here for the next 25 minutes or so, give or take. Before we do that, do want to tell you guys about Jock Market. Stop throwing your money away. It's time to check out Jock Market. That is the app where Daily Fantasy becomes a stock exchange. You buy, you sell shares of players in real time for real money. Download now for a 100% deposit match up to $50. Use the promo code GRINDERS. That's G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S. Get this. If you do not turn a profit this week at Jock Market, they will cover your losses in your very first event. Download Jock Market in the app and play stores or check out JockMarket.com. That's J O C K M K T.com and use code grinders for a 100% deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit. All right. Uh, Daigle, give me a take as far as Trey Lance. Trey Lance is going to be unleashed in a game against Arizona In theory, you know, he should be asked. San Francisco wants to run the ball, but maybe they won't be allowed to. Maybe they'll be down here against Arizona. Arizona's good. And Lance, I
3: presume is cheap. What are you doing with Trey Lance this week? It's, Obviously an awesome spot in an up-tempo game. Uh, I think the matchup is different than Justin Fields' first career start as a rookie on the road, uh, against, you know, Kara Cardinals defense, which also is median in terms of the pressure rate they receive, which is good since on a small sample lamp is Lance's average, just a little over three yards per attempt under pressure. Um, having said that he came on the field for 30 minutes and scored 20 fantasy points last week, finished as the overall QB 13 on the week and just two quarters of play. I also think with no film on him, Cardinals are not going to be prepared at all. Having said that, we're watching injury reports because there will be a reason to fade him. Let's say if they don't have uh, either Trent Williams or Alex Mack, their starting left tackle and center, that would be a utter disaster pretty much. So I'll be watching that. But overall, like, I think he's an awesome play. Awesome play. Five, seven on DK. And the, well, actually guys
1: are going to say, yeah, he did that in 20 minutes, but it was all because of one play. And his receiver wasn't even covered. It's a play that Garoppolo doesn't make because Garoppolo ain't hitting a wide open receiver or Baker Mayfield Reba your thoughts as far as Lance makes other quarterbacks in the conversation
2: yeah I mean there's uh I mean there's context to how he scored his points last week but I mean we do this with guys every week I mean there are blown coverages in the NFL things happen I mean what are you going to do, man? I mean, it's, he, did he play great? No, but he's also the kind of guy he showed this in the preseason as well, that Lance still is very raw, but he he can get, he can be streaky. And when he's streaky, he could do a lot of good things. Well. And that's kind of what we saw. I mean, that last drive of the game, I understand it's, you know, in like a little bit of prevent coverage, but like they converted two fourth downs, like he's making plays. And that's what you like to see. Just build up some confidence. I mean, was it a great performance from the, from the, the scout side, if you're grading him out? No, He didn't play good at all, but Jimmy Garoppolo can't score fantasy points when he plays bad. Trey Lance can. So, I mean, that's what you have here at a cheap price. And you come with the rushing upside, you come with the Arizona side that has been elite. I mean, the Cardinals have 400 or more yards in in all four games. The first time they've done that in franchise history. Uh, They're the first team since the 2013 Denver Broncos to do that. So, I mean, they're going to Produce points and produce yards. There's going to be scoreboard chasing component to this game, uh, where they're going to have dropbacks. Uh, the 49ers are going to be able to run the ball effectively when they can, uh, but I assume that if they are doing that too, it's going to be Lance as part of that as well. So I mean, there's a lot of upside here. Plus, it's just within better hands than Justin Fields was, you know, uh, you know, with Kyle Shanahan and that staff and surrounding talent compared to Matt Nagy uh before he let bill laser do some under the scene stuff last week uh you know it's just gonna be different it's it's gonna be in different hands so i definitely have a little more confidence than we had with justin fields i mean on the other side though too i mean you just keep playing kyler like what yeah what's amazing What's the, yeah, I mean, just keep playing Kyler. I mean, the 49ers for their style of defense, uh, they've come out this year and they've struggled against mobile quarterbacks again. Uh, Jalen Hurts had 82 yards against them. Russ had, you know, 26 yards and a touchdown last week on the scramble. Uh, in four career games against the 49ers, Murray's had 34 rushing yards, 67 yards, 91 yards and a touchdown and 75 yards and that's just rushing. Uh, you know, last week he threw for a low of 8.4 yards per pass attempt uh, against the Rams. So, I mean, this secondary is in a lot worse shape Uh the 49ers are. So, I mean, you just keep playing Kyler Murray. I mean, what's the reason not to? Uh, I have no problem. Salard cap's <laughs> the only
1: reason. But, yeah, he's phenomenal. You can make it work by all means. Uh, I see in the chat uh, Richie Smalls is talking about uh, Tannehill. Like, I, I don't know what to say about that because Brown and Julio, I want them to have, I want them to have competent receivers. Uh, it mean, looks like yeah.
2: A.J. Brown is – I mean, it's trending good. He practiced today, which he never practices on Wednesdays, anyways. Usually, when he is healthy, mm-hmm. so it's it's positive that he's already practicing today. Uh, would be a great spot. I mean, the the you look at the the passing yards over expectation the Jaguars have allowed to everybody. I mean, Kano an interesting call because nobody's going to play Tannehill, man. I don't think so. Yeah, It's also,
3: it's it's a nod to last year when we had so many leverage spots when we can double stack him with confidence and not play Derrick Henry. Um, and it's sort of the same this week since Derrick Henry knows it. They increased his price even more on FanDuel, 10-4. Last week he got 24 points at 10-2. And, like, you're not happy with 24 points if you paid 10-2 because you had to sacrifice someone else. Um, you know, hopefully it wasn't Tyreek Hill since he ended lives on FanDuel last week. So it's just a, it's another good situation, but – Yeah, that's kind of the, that's the leverage we're talking about. And in terms just, of plays
2: run, I mean, this has to be high up there too. I mean, wall one, the, the Titans have a weird they, – they have a lot of plays run, but they also have a lot of handoffs. It's like the Chargers ice room. It's like Anthony Lynn runs all these plays, and it's like, yeah, because they just ran for three yards to play before. <laughs> they gotta, they, you have to run more plays when you're getting three yards at a time. Their kind more efficient than that, but you get the where I'm going with it. But this game should have a, a, a lot of tempo to it as well. The Jaguars uh, play with a little bit of tempo, so – they're, I mean, I I don't hate this uh, the Tannehill caller in the week. He's not someone I really looked into, but that's because like Dean said, we were looking at the wide receivers with AJ Brown looking like he could play as him a trending up spot. We know Tannehill can run a little bit. Um, I don't I don't hate that right now.
1: Anything else as far as quarterbacks here, Daigle? Is there anything else you want to highlight? I mean, of course we can mention a whole bunch, but uh, we got to move on and talk about some running backs and everybody's in play in theory, I suppose. But um, I don't want to talk about Ben Roethlisberger. Like, come on, we're not playing him.
3: Uh, I think we've talked about everyone in my pool this week. Yeah, Kirk is Cousins? it a smaller pool than normal? I, dude, I've played Cousins two out of four weeks so far. Like, I can't keep going back to the well. I last mean, week, last Lions. week, looked good. it is the line. And last week looked good because <laughs> he did score on the opening drive. Now it turns out they only ran one drive each in the first quarter, which is not good. But yes, uh, it, it is a good spot for the Lions. He just wasn't in. Sell me on Kirk Cousins among all these pools.
2: I mean, Lions?
3: Because the Lions?
2: Okay. <laughs> I mean, fair. they're so bad. I mean, it's just it's so bad i mean you just look at uh like so 28 percent of the completions against the lions have already gone for 20 20 or more yards league rate is 14 percent, so they're double that minnesota has a, a a nine-to-one passing touchdown to rushing touchdown split and dalvin cook is already admittedly saying he's not 100 percent. what is that uh, so i mean that that is uh you know something that's intriguing and the, and the, the lions also are just one of these teams that kind of at least keep it a game to at least let teams to keep the throw, the, to throw the ball a little bit. So, I mean, I mean Cousins is probably going to be good because everyone's good against lines. I mean, if, if the Bears really wanted to throw a lot more in that game, like Justin Fields actually would have had a monster game.
1: You got a tight target tree as well with Minnesota. You basically know who to pair Cousins with. Mm-hmm. Um All right, let's segue to running back. And, you know, I was going to ask about Tom Brady, but I think the more popular play this week, <laughs> it's going to be Uncle Lenny, right? Like Uncle Lenny, he's got all – everything you want you want a big favorite at home you know expected to get a pile of touches I don't know what the situation is with uh oh god the guy Bernard I'm not sure if he's going to play if he's not going to play I'm not sure if that's going to matter much or not it seems pretty clear that Lenny is is the guy he's pretty cheap as well too I'm not here to tell you he's great but it doesn't matter opportunity getting on the field is the most important thing in the world and I think he's going to be in the field and I think he's cheap and he's facing a terrible team
3: I think we're playing some Lenny Fournette this week I think it's happening I, I wouldn't mind fading him famous last words if <laughs> Gio Bernard is healthy, though, because remember the Bucks still have the league's second highest pass player rate with the lead. They just weren't running the ball at all. And I know it was in the rare time they were in negative game script, but I'm still slightly worried that, you know, if Gio plays – the week prior before he was injured, he still had season highs and snaps and targets. So like we want Lenny, not even for the carries, even though, you know, 20 touches, 20 carries is really good. Uh, we want the pass catching work as well. And I, I just don't know if it would be there if Gio's fully healthy. I wonder if that was a changing of the guard moment and knowing they're going to throw. So I'd rather leverage that into Mike Evans or Antonio Brown, honestly, as we've seen Chris Godwin's target share decrease every week, 13, 12, 11% the past three games. Um, I'd rather leverage that into a wide receiver play, honestly. All right, your
1: thoughts there, uh, Rebar, as far as uh, as far as Fournette and in the chat they're saying we skipped, talk about Henry. Like Henry is a great play. We can. I don't. What, what, it, what, <laughs> it, what We Henry?
2: just got to running backs, though. It's yeah. not like we're. Uh, you know. But yeah, I mean, do we need sold on uh, the most expensive running back on the slate? <laughs> the consensus. Uh, He's a great RB1? play. You
1: do with him what you want, and you absolutely you can survive it if he puts up like one fifty and one. It's not a big deal. But you know, he I,
3: should I'm- he should rock. I will say we talked about on DraftKings. Everyone's going to pay down for P.O.I. and pay up for uh, for Henry. On on FanDuel, it's a different argument. It, it's it's a better spot, but also, like, this week, there isn't, like we talked about, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. There are just less options outside of Devontae Adams we're truly confident in. So you could actually fit Derrick Henry with ease this week. And, well, we'll see what happens with CMC. And CMC is a 10K handle sure.
1: FanDuel. Uh, that can absolutely, uh, you know, in the words – if someone yeah his it can flip the slate in his head, potentially, if uh, we see CMC uh, give it a go, especially on DK, where I think he's 8-7, which is egregious, assuming sure. he's a full go.
2: um, well, I, th- I still think we'll see Damian Williams be the most popular guy. I mean, I think when we get down to it outside of, you know, Henry, but those guys in that mid-tier, like if you like Fournette and if you like P. Ryan, I think you'll be able to pivot to them because I think Williams is going to get there by the time this all comes around uh at the end of the week because we've already Who's seen Khalil the,
1: Herbert is that not the Cle- correct. But-
2: I mean Khalil Cle- Herbert's a you know he's a he was a guy that you know he was he was at Kansas he transferred he's a big splash play guy uh in the 2020 collegiate season he had the most yards per touch of any running back touch ball 100 times or more uh in 2020 so he's a big splash play guy so there's a little bit of opportunity there but I mean with a, with, a, with where Fields is at in his state of his progression, I mean, you're going to see a veteran back in there and they're going to have to throw more than 17 times they did last week as road dogs. So you're going to get uh, pass catching ability. You're going to get a team that it wants to run the football while they can with uh, Damian Williams. He also has field starting, which helps him, uh, you know, in the RPO game. We saw what it did last week for those guys handling the football. Uh, I mean, I think he's, you know, basically a smash play and then you have the Raiders who have been dreadful against running backs. I mean, 22nd yards per carry a lot running backs twenty 23rd and rushing points a lot per game. They are 19th in receiving points a lot per game to running backs. Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, at five, six and five, eight, I believe his prices on both sites. I mean, that's just, it's just way too cheap for a guy. That could get you 20 catches is he can't get scripted out of the game. So you can catch the football is going to have the goal line carries. Um, is he on a good team? no. But that's really it. The only thing you can say is that he's a road dog, but he's going to be out there.
1: Uh, jump in here, Dagos of uh, other, other, other running backs. we we'll had a conversation. I'll also throw your way. FanDuel, not amazing for James Robinson at seven, four. He's a true bell cow. We're assuming I'm assuming Hyde's not going to be playing again. It's going to be a, you know, scratch
3: going forward. I guess that's well, the case. We'll see. Or is that not? What is, wait, not is he? No, I'm I'm hoping he plays and depresses Robinson's ownership because that changing of the guard happened like two weeks before that. Uh, Robinson out touched Hyde 35 to 10 in weeks two and three and out targeted him nine to two. So, like, I understand he got more opportunity without Hyde, but if Hyde's even if he's active, like Robinson's still an awesome play. Okay. Yeah.
1: And he's especially on DK where he's 6K. Like, that Possibly, is, that's seems, yeah. that seems too cheap. Fandle fine at 7 4, but 6K on DK. That's fabulous. Uh, any other running backs you want to throw into the conversation? Who else should we? uh you know spend a little time on we've talked about Barkley already talked about Elliott to some degree Harris is popping for for Pittsburgh is he gonna still catch those two three yard passes maybe they're worth one point on on DK Um, you
3: better better hope he falls in the end zone again like last week that's that's all you're open for because those touches ain't mattering um I wonder if I wonder if Alvin Camara we'll sneak in here without Tony Jones because we can assume that Kamara is going to handle every single touch. Um, I understand last week's zero targets was not good, but just to have a career high in carries. And now we get a friendly Washington defense who's pretty much bottom in every single metric defensively, whether you look at football outsiders, EPA, whatever you want to name. And so uh, I think it's a pretty good spot if we can sneak in Kamara here and just get every touch and hope for the best. That's one of those, like, we talk about
1: at the beginning of the season, like, we don't know everything we think we know. Like, it was a consensus among most people that Washington, was, if not the best defense, a top five defense, top ten defense, and they've been just
3: horrendous so they're far. They're atrocious. The, the Bucs have been atrocious, too.
2: Well, they're yeah. th- those teams, it's because their secondaries are bad. If you look at the Bucs and even Washington, they're pretty good against the runs still. Like, they're, they're, they are still good against the runs. So that's it's interesting. I mean, Washington's eighth in yards for carry a lot of their running backs. Uh, they are giving up a lot of receiving points to running backs. The crazy thing about this is everything in that Washington game signals to Sean Payton, like, Hey, this is, you have to throw the football, this game. You have to throw the football this game, attack Washington through the air. Will he, he's been hiding this passing game for, for four weeks. Mm-hmm. And last week it came back and bit them. Uh, you know, it's very fragile. It's so fragile to play the style of football. The saints are trying to play. Eventually they're going to have to throw the football and come out aggressive. I understand they don't have the full weaponry to really do it, but Everything in this game is signaling, "Hey, open it up! Open it up! Please open it up!" And we'll see if they finally do or not.
1: They have to design a screen for Kamara, like in the first series, just like to get him a taste. And <laughs> like seriously, because like like what was it, eight nine guys on New Orleans caught a pass, and not one of them named Alvin Kamara. That's, that's just absurd. He's you're clearly your best weapon, and it's not hard to throw screen passes. Like, it's so funny that this-
2: though the the consensus in the industry in like April was like, "All right, with Drew Brees gone, like." You Know not Kamara a little bit, not Kamara. You know, if you look at his splits, Drew Brees, and how many receptions he gets, it's he's going to get pegged, right? Like, and then everyone, Michael Thomas, gets certain, like, bump up Kamara, bump up Kamara. He's getting all the targets in the world, and then it's playing out initially, like, how everyone thought it would and everyone's going off the rails now but it's like hey you know stop being so knee-jerk reactionary and look at things from a top-down view you were on this you knew this it's the same thing we're doing with Allen robbins right now people are trying to say that justin fields is bad for alan robinson when justin fields got drafted everyone's like alan robbins is finally going to play his first real quarterback he's going to have a talented quarterback and everyone's like I wish Andy Dalton was here to give volume to Allen Robinson. Like what, what are you, what world do you want Andy Dalton throwing to your wide receiver? Like we want the better player playing quarterback. And it, you know, the, the fantasy analysts uh, do some weird things. Sometimes they're doing it the, with this Kamara thing. They're doing with Allen Robinson. It's like, come on, man. Like you, you, you had the analysis right in front of your face. And you jumped ship because the guy got hurt.
3: Whereas, whereas last week though, I thought Kamara was a bad play against the giants that I, I well, it turned out better than it was, but I genuinely thought just the, the overall play volume was going to get sucked out. Um, I probably actually will end up playing if I see he comes in like 5% or less this week.
1: I just hate that Taysom Hill is lurking. And not only is he lurking, but that it, sucks worked. Too. Yeah. it worked last week. I think it worked last week twice. He's got three he touchdowns,
2: touchdowns the last two week. The last two games, he has three touchdowns.
1: You can't play Winston. Not that you're going to, but you can't. And it really hurts. It hurts Gamara. Like he's siphoning these touchdowns. He's getting these great touches on the five-yard line. Uh, all right, we got some time for receivers. I do want to mention, I promised the people on Twitter today, uh, retroactively to our show uh, last week. If you guys talked about it or you guys listened to our show last week about, about Red Zone, the results are in, folks. The results are in, Rebar, Daigle. We uh, know them. Brace yourself. <laughs> it's a simple question. Do you like NFL Red Zone channel? Pretty simple. Yes, duh. No, I enjoy commercials. Or just show me the results. <laughs> and uh, the answer is, according to 304 people, uh, no, I enjoy commercials 4.6%. I don't, I don't know if you guys voted or not. Uh, yes, duh was 87%. And uh, 8%, people just want to see the results, which, you know, symbols the like seeing
3: results. There you go. Well, results. that's that's all on y'all because I got to enjoy the Vikings-Browns game this past week, and I know you didn't because they were never in the red zone. So your fault. I did not enjoy wow. anything Baker Mayfield did last week. But yeah, it wasn't <laughs> enjoyable. I lied. It wasn't <laughs> enjoyable, but I saw every step. I saw every step.
1: Begrudgingly. Uh, Rebar, talk to me about uh, your favorite receivers we've not talked about just yet.
2: I mean, Justin Jefferson seems like a smash. We probably don't need to get in the weeds on that. Uh, who else do we got? I like, uh, I like Devonte Parker. Yep. Uh, a lot, a lot of people are going to go back to Jalen Waddle, uh, but you know, he just doesn't have the requisite ceiling with the types of targets he gets. Uh, whereas, you know, we can get some downfield targets from Parker. He actually, in terms of DK, I think he has the highest target share under 6k. Uh, I think, well, it's him or Mooney. Uh, they're close? But I mean, he's he's played ninety percent of the snaps with Will Fuller out last week. Will Fuller's out again for multiple weeks. Uh, the Tampa Bay secondary is allowing nineteen point eight receptions per game to wide receivers. Uh, Parker's got seven or more targets in uh, every game. It's ugly. You don't want to watch Devontae Parker targets from Jacoby Brissett, but they're just <laughs> gonna they're gonna be there. Um, you know, he, he's a run back in this game if you like Uncle Lenny. Uh, but definitely you talked about the play volume in that game. Like, I I, I mean, I don't know, man, Devonte Parker. That's I it's gross. I didn't feel good to say it, but uh, I do like him.
3: I haven't have written down as well. Actually. Uh, I kind of <laughs> like him uh, also for, for the, on DK, everyone under 6K, like Mooney, like you said, 30% target share the past three games. Like now's the week. This is the week to leverage Allen Robinson. You're going to hate yourself. You shouldn't watch the game. But like I bet Mooney catches steam by Sunday morning and everyone just plays him. I also like, because everyone mentioned Tano earlier. Uh, if we get AJ Brown with a Julio Jones, that's pretty awesome. Like, even in the first two games, I understand the results weren't there, but A.J. Brown had a 22% target share in both of those contests, and now he gets a just a tremendous spot against Jacksonville. So, I do like kind of sneaking A.J. Brown in there as well as leverage off Derrick Henry if you go that route. In the chat, they say Taysom Hill is a touchdown vulture. This year's Matt Asiata.
1: Like, that's a name I've not thought about for years. That was the Minnesota guy, right, I think?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, mm-hmm. yeah. Shout out to Matt Asiata um anything else so yeah curtis samuel is still still a minimum on 3k i don't know how much we'll need him he ran like 35 percent uh as far as snaps
2: last game he's just a blind play. like it's hard to, there's no objective analysis it's just you saying he's 3k
3: maybe he'll get more work he's yeah. definitely he's definitely gonna be like the number one <laughs> cash game play on dk for sure
1: well it, it, i think it's all prevalent based upon what information comes out from now until sunday and how much value comes out and how much like he's yeah but like it depends upon – but, like, he's the, the first guy you're going to go to at 3K if you're desperate for a 3K player, and you're going to hold your nose
2: and you're going to play him. Uh Any other yeah, – what receiver are the Jacksonville receivers? The Jacksonville receivers will probably be popular uh, because every – set of wide receivers that face the Titans is popular. You, you get the auto run back with Henry uh, every week. I mean, you see even the Jets guys got there. Jamison Crowder and Corey Davis were smashes. It's, it's whoever plays the Titans, man. Like their like you just throw your wide receivers in the lineup. Chenalta had a little bit of bump. I don't know how true it is because the one deep target was a broken play. So I don't really, I don't want to put in context, like this is going to be a Zadok going forward. It was kind of a, uh, it could be just a standalone play, but the target volume is going to be there for him, just having no Shark because Shark was getting so many targets in the offense. Uh, so, I mean, I do think that Chenault will be in play. And so, well, you can go back to Marv who had his one, you know, first down game last week too, uh, because we always play receivers against Titans.
3: So what you're saying is uh, Tyron Johnson should be rostered over uh, Curtis Samuel. Uh, I don't want to make that decision. I don't want to just don't,
1: don't even think about it. Just don't make the (laughs) decision. T Higgins is 5k on DK. If he goes, that's a really good price. And a couple and Waddle, another dolphin. That's pretty cheap uh, on a comeback on a runback, however you want to call it. You're not comfortable about that. You don't want any part of a set, but he is cheap. And in theory, they should be playing a little bit of catch up Uh, any tight ends that are worth mentioning. You got to step aside a couple minutes, obviously guys, we're a little bit late as far as time. Rebar who's on your tight end list. Besides Evan Ingram,
2: we have highlighted for sure. I think Schultz will be popular. Uh, Definitely not Evan Ingram. Well, it's going to be interesting because how you play it on this main slate, we've got a Waller and then like a clear gap. We've got Kittle who played banged up. Plus we have the Lance factor. Uh, You know, is Lance going to add volatility? Does he help or hurt Kittle? Uh, We don't know. Uh, Mark Andrews is on Monday night. Hawkinson now is dealing with an injury uh Kyle Pitts is on London game so then like by default the next like guy is Noah Fant like that's never exciting uh especially with Drew Locke uh then you've got Mike Gusecki who's getting the pepper to targets and uh you know if you look at Tampa Bay they're gonna there's gonna be target volume here uh we know that they're gonna be throwing a lot and Tampa Bay against tight ends I mean nine catches for 65 yards the Cowboys tight ends then seven for 88 the Atlanta tight ends 540 and one to Higby and then seven catches for 46 yards and two tight end, two touchdowns to the Patriots tight ends on Sunday night so I mean it's gross but like, hey man the, the passing volume is going to be there against Tampa it always is like uh, getting targets he is a big guy uh in the red zone so I mean that's kind of default right I think that's what we'll see I mean is anyone going to play Ricky Seals Jones uh, that's what I was going to ask about so he's, he's got to be men like-
1: that's more valuable on DK than it is on Fandle, just the way you find Right, Because he's oh, probably 4-5, yeah, five. Five, right? Yeah, I think he's 4-5 on Fandle, I presume, but he's 2-5 yeah. on DK. And, you know, obviously Thomas uh, Thomas got on the uh, IL. He could be useful. In he played
2: 100% of the snaps after Thomas left. Only had the four targets, but uh, a 2-5. Yeah. I yeah. would play him before I played Evan Ingram.
1: Absolutely. Oh, it's not even close. It's That's literally so not you. your, like, legit. You think you outscore him. <laughs> yeah, it's not even close. How much more? I think Ingram's uh, still like only 3K on DK.
3: I, I do. I'll put, my sta- I'll put my stamp on George Kittle over Darren Waller, though. I'm pretty <laughs> confident in that. Um, just the fact that last week, even with an injury, ran around on 92% of the team's dropbacks, uh, just one fewer target than Debo Samuel. And when we mentioned volatility, it's it's seen so often as negative, but it can be positive as well. So taking a chance, like on a Brandon Ayuk or whatever, instead of Debo Samuel, maybe it's just different with Trey Lance, since we don't know since Debo Samuel's 70-yard touchdown was a broken play. So, overall, I just think like taking shots with Lance for the volatility reason is actually good for tournaments. Mm-hmm. Up against the clock, got to get out of here. Do appreciate you guys watching. Do
1: like, do subscribe, turn on notifications. Listen to the show live. Live, you can interact with us. It's good times. A lot of people listen to it on the playback. Before we go, before we step aside, as always, everyone knows who you guys are, but just remind them, Rich, where can they find your content?
2: Yeah, at Lurdees on Twitter, sharpfootballanalysis.com, weekly worksheet. Uh, every Wednesday with my boys Dean and Dagle at uh, 9 Eastern.
3: John? At Nodje Dagle on Twitter, go to NBCSportsEdge.com for my waiver wire column. You can read it Tuesday and Wednesday. It's written for everybody, even telling people to drop A.J. Dillon if they're in 14 <laughs> leagues that only have A.J. Dillon as every player. And then a good football show on iTunes and Spotify.
1: That was Rich Rebar. That was John Daigle. That was producer Devin. This was the NFL Pick 6 show. I was Dean. Thanks for watching. We're out of here. Hold it.